Welcome to the Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes. For the next 30 minutes, you'll be inspired, motivated, educated, but never manipulated. Now, your host, Rick Hughes. Good morning, and welcome to the Flatline. I'm your host, Rick Hughes, and I'm glad to have you back. Remember, our show is about motivation, inspiration, and some education. A brief 30 minutes, but always, always, we don't have any manipulation. There's no manipulation, no games, no gimmicks. We're not trying to hustle you. We're just trying to give you accurate information based on what the Bible says. That's all. Hopefully, we can verify and identify the plan of God for your life. And if you'd like to take advantage of that, if you'd like to orient and adjust to that, well, you have the right and the privilege to do it. You're an American. You're free. You can make your own mind up. You can decide. So my job is not to hustle you, and my job is not to convince you. My job is just to give you the information. God the Holy Spirit can do the convincing. If your heart is open, if your mind is open, if you're willing to listen and you're willing to learn, you're listening to the right show because we're not going to play with your emotions. We're not going to hustle you. We're just going to give you information. And let me say this. I am not a pastor, but you need one. My desire is that everyone who hears this show, who wants to grow in the grace and the knowledge of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will get under the ministry of a qualified pastor, a man who can teach you the Word of God, a man who has the gift, as Ephesians talks about in Ephesians 4, the gift of, as it's said in the Greek New Testament, poimen kai didaskalos, or the pastor and teacher. That's the man that you must sit under because he's the man that will be the shepherd for your soul. I have a pastor. I have a pastor that I sit under. I have a pastor that I listen to. And much of what I tell you, I've learned from my pastor. And so I want you to understand that. I'm not your pastor. I am an evangelist. I am in the ministry and have been for more, more than 40 years now. But my job is not to be a pastor. My gift of evangelism functions outside the local church, where the pastor will function inside the local church. But I can sure bring these pertinent and relevant doctrines to you. I can explain them to you. And hopefully they will open your eyes to the fact that you do need that man. You do need to grow in grace. You do need to become the person that God intended for you to be. This is why he saved you. This is why you're still here. He has a mission for you. And it's imperative that you understand how this mission works. We started a show last week. If you missed it, it's called The Process. It's something that I'm going to be teaching in Houston, Texas, coming up pretty soon in a local church there. And the process deals with how, as believers in Jesus Christ, we learn the system, God's system. What system does God have in place for us? I used the analogy in the opening show about a football team such as the one that I played for, the University of Alabama. I talked about two of the great coaches we've had there, Bear Bryant, who uh, left Texas A&M and told his faithful players that he heard Mama calling and he was going home to Alabama. And I talked about Nick Saban, the coach there now, and how both of these men are winning coaches, have produced many national championships, and they both had 
a process, a process that they would put you through, a process that you had to learn. And without learning the process, regardless of your talent level, regardless of how big or how strong or how fast, you were never going to play for these coaches because you wouldn't learn the system. And I said that God has a system also. There's a system that God wants us to operate in. It's called the protocol plan of God. And all of us must learn this system. And the process is to sit under the filling of the Holy Spirit, which is problem-solving device number two, and to learn God's Word, which is problem-solving device number four, biblical orientation. See what you're saying? What do you mean, problem-solving device? Well, this show, The Flatline, is built around the ten unique problem-solving devices found in the Bible. And when I relate those devices to you, I'm hopefully, hopefully you're recalling that. Remember problem-solving device number one? Do you remember what that is? It's rebound. And this is how we are filled with the Spirit. The Bible says if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to purify us from all wrongdoing. When we rebound as Christians, when we go to the Father and admit our sin, then the quenching of the Holy Spirit is removed, the grieving of the Holy Spirit is removed, and we resume our spiritual life. We are back in fellowship. If you're in fellowship with God, then you're under control of the Holy Spirit. So you either are in fellowship with God because there is no unconfessed sin in your life, or you're out of fellowship with God because there is unconfessed sin in your life. And I hear you saying, wait a minute, how can I keep up with all of my sins? Well, just keep up with the ones you're aware of. How's that? If you could just try to keep up with those, then God can handle the ones you're not even aware of. Remember what the verse says? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us from all wrongdoing, even the ones you don't remember. You just tell him the ones you're aware of. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You name those sins, and then God can deal with the rest of them. But without following that process of rebound, you cannot be filled with the Spirit. And if you're not filled with the Spirit, you can't exercise the Christian life. You can't live the Christian life. It's a supernatural life, and it requires a supernatural power. And so you have to learn the process. And there's a lot to learn. And so we gave some principles about why we need to learn the process. I said one of the reasons is because we all have flaws. And then I said our flaws can be inherent or they can be acquired. In other words, if your parents are alcoholics, you may have a tendency to be an alcoholic yourself, so you wouldn't want to drink. Or you could have an acquired flaw, such as a drug addiction. You addict yourself to the drug. That's an acquired flaw. And there are millions of other illustrations. But believers have character flaws. And these character flaws are always related to our sin nature. We have a sin nature. Remember the Bible says if 
We say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Oh, yeah, we have a sin nature. Mine is on steroids sometimes, I admit it. Don't laugh, you can be too, can't you? Yes, we sin. Thus, I had to learn and you have to learn how to recover from the sin so we can override the flaw or at least recover quickly when we do sin and when we do fail because we do not want the alternative. Hebrews twelve six: those whom I love, I chasten and scourge with a whip. I don't think you want that, and I don't either. I don't want God to have to take me to the woodshed. I would rather admit my sin than try to hide it and get away with it. So unless you learn the system, regardless of your pedigree or your talent, you cannot live the Christian life. And you can't go it alone in the devil's world, by the way. Do you hear me? You cannot go it alone in the devil's world. What is If a lion wants to kill a, a zebra, he separates it from the herd. And, and remember the Bible says the devil goes around like a roaring lion, seeking who he can devour? The first thing that he will do for you is cut you out of the herd. Because if he can get you alone and get you isolated, then you don't have the resources. That's why it's incredible, the resources that God has given to us. Unbelievable. He's given you the filling of the Holy Spirit. He has given you a Bible. He has given you a qualified pastor to teach you. And as long as you use those resources, then you can stay in the herd. You can follow the system. You can be part of the process. But if you don't learn the system, then you will fail in one of four areas. And I'll outline them for you, and you can maybe it's already happening in your life. See, the first one is that you will fail if you don't learn the process. You will put priority on people relationships rather than your relationship with God. Your first priority in your life as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus Christ, must be your relationship with God. Now, you can break fellowship with God, but you never break the relationship. So you must keep that in mind. You are in the royal family of God. You have been adopted and grafted into the royal family of God. Sin will break fellowship with your father, but it will not break the relationship. But if you put priority on people rather than priority on God, then you never learn the system. See, for example, if something happens in your life that you need an answer for, do you go to God and his word, or do you go to a trusted friend and say, what would you do if this happened to you? That's the worst thing you could do. First of all, don't blab to everybody. What would you do if this happened to you? Listen, what are they going to give you? If they're not mature believers, they're going to spew out some human viewpoint solution. If it was me, i tell you what I would do. Oh, here we go. What you need to know is what does the Bible say? So you see, your relationship with God is much more important than your relationship with people. 
if you're thinking that you can't be happy without having a lot of friends around you, then you've never heard what Jesus said in Luke 11:27 and 28, where he said, happiness belongs to those people who hear my Father's word and keep it. That's your source of happiness, not some people. You know, we all have hobbies and we all have things that we like to do, and, and I've had my share of acquaintances and people that I know in my lifetime. Heck, some of them I've even forgotten. Some of them I'd like to forget. But it's, those are not the source of happiness. The source of happiness is God's Word. The source of happiness is your relationship with Him. You could never be as happy around a hundred people who were celebrating you as king for a day as you would be if you just spent one hour alone with God. How do you do that? Well, get alone with God. You get the, the Bible. You get under the minister of a pastor. Maybe you listen to a tape or watch a DVD or take notes or just spend that time in prayer. You are alone with God. There's nothing any greater. And there's nothing that can purge you like that. Some people say, well, when I go for a run, I just feel so good. When I work out, it just makes me feel so good. Try spending an hour with God and see what happens. Oh, you can't do that, could you? You wouldn't know what to think. Your mind would be blank. See, that shows that you've got to grow. It's, it's not just go sit in a corner and contemplate infinity. That's not it. See, first thing you do is you approach your Heavenly Father with prayer. And in the prayer of, of adoration, you can thank Him for everything that He's done for you, beginning with the eternal life that He gave you. And then there's the prayer of intercession where you can pray for your family and for your friends, for your husband or your wife or your children, for your nation, for the men and women that serve us in our armed forces that desperately need your prayers. And then <clears throat> there's the prayer of supplication, where you can ask God to meet your daily needs. That's part of the way you can spend time alone with God. You can spend time alone with God in reflection on his word. I try to spend an hour every day alone with God, listening to my pastor teach me the Bible, and I do it by means of a DVD. I don't live in the city where my pastor teaches, so I get a DVD. And every morning I sit down and put on the DVD, and I take notes, and I study, I listen, I learn, I pray, and I am prepared. That is the priority, not my relationship with people, because I've learned something that even the people I love the most can let me down. You know how I learned that? Because people that love me, I have let down before. And if I can let them down, they can let me down. So my happiness doesn't depend on people. It depends on the faithfulness of God. And my relationship with him is priority number one. And it has to be that way in your life, too. That's what's missing in your life, is that close relationship with God. You know when you try to pray, it feels like it's not working. 
Well, the reason is, Romans tells us the Holy Spirit intercedes for us in prayer. If, if you've quenched the Holy Spirit and grieved the Holy Spirit in your life by means of unconfessed sin, how can he intercede for you? And if you're not close to God, if you don't know him intimately, then you feel like a stranger when you come into his presence. If you don't know about his sovereignty and his righteousness, his justice, his love, his eternal life, his omnipotence, omniscience, his omnipresence, his immutability and his veracity. I know, they're big words, but that's the essence of God. How can you love a God you don't even know? You've got to learn about him. And so spending priority time with God is much, <clears throat> excuse me, much more important than spending time with people. Without learning the system, you'll go through the process and fail in four areas. Number one, you'll put priority with people above priority with God. Number two, you will fail to execute the divine mandates found in Scripture, especially the ones regarding love. That's right, love. For example, if we say we love God and hate our neighbor, the truth is not in us. So how can we love God whom we've never seen if we hate our brother who we see every day? Listen, the Bible demands that we love. First of all, we love him because he first loved us. That's reciprocal love. So the first thing I have to understand is how do I love God? And then secondly, the Bible requires that I'm to love my neighbor as I love myself. That's the royal law found in James coming all the way back to Leviticus, how can I love a jerk? I mean, if you got a jerk for a neighbor, how are you going to love that? I mean, some of you go to church with a jerk, and he sits in that pew across the aisle from you, and you can't stand him because he shafted you in a business deal. You gave him some money to invest, and you never saw it again. So how do you deal with that? Well, that's impersonal love. Those are two tremendous problem-solving devices. Problem-solving device number seven and problem-solving device number eight. Personal love for God, impersonal love for others. And if you don't understand that, you cannot live the Christian life. You can't live it unless you understand that because you will get love all mixed up and you will try to love someone with a personal love and you can't do it. And you will never, ever come to have a relaxed mental attitude and have the happiness that God intended for you because you don't learn the mandates regarding love in the Bible. See, this is critical. Critical. Please listen. I mean, if I gave you a test on this today, you might not pass it. There's a lot of things to know. That's why we spend our whole life Growing in grace. Have you, do you remember what the Bible says? Grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Remember the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Remember where Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn, learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. 
learn, study, grow. It's a lifetime. The process takes a lifetime until we eventually begin to form Christ in us, until eventually people can see us and see Christ in us. That's what God's looking for. So the first one is you'll put your priority with people over the priority with God. Secondly, you won't be able to live the Christian life regarding the love mandates in the Bible. You won't know them. Thirdly, you're not going to grow up spiritually if you fail to learn the system because you won't be able to function under Operation Z. Operation Z, something my pastor taught me many, many years ago, like Z for Zorro. It starts off with the pastor communicating the Word of God, and then it moves to the Holy Spirit capturing what that pastor communicated to me. Then it moves to me comprehending what the pastor has said, the Holy Spirit captured, and now I comprehend what the message is. But then I have to convert it by faith. I have to believe it. I have to apply it. It's called Operation Z. Communicate, capture, comprehend, and convert. That's the four points of the Z. Draw a Z and you'll see them. This is imperative. If you cannot function under this, you can't grow. And lastly, the fourth problem. If you don't learn the system, if you don't go through the process, you will attempt to execute God's plan with your own human power under your own human dynamics rather than divine power. And the end result of that will be a lot of wood, hay, and stubble at the judgment seat of Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 when you should be getting gold, silver, and precious stones because you did all the right things in the wrong way. You do know that, don't you? You can do a right thing in the wrong way. And a right thing in the wrong way is still wrong. Did you know that? And so when it comes to God, there must be precisely correct procedure. Precisely correct procedure. You cannot execute the plan of God under the energy of the flesh. The only way is under the filling of the Holy Spirit. And the only way you can be filled with the Holy Spirit is to use rebound problem-solving device number one when you sin. See, when you accepted Christ, you were indwelled with the Spirit, you were sealed with the Spirit, you were filled with the Spirit. But when you sin, you quench the Holy Spirit and you grieve the Holy Spirit. You didn't lose the indwelling, you didn't lose the sealing, but you lost the filling. And when you rebound, you recover the filling and you resume your spiritual life. Have you ever heard the term artificial intelligence? That's some kind of computer technology. Well, AI, artificial intelligence. I have another word for AI. It stands for arrogance and ignorance. If you combine these two character flaws in a believer's life, you have the potential disaster. And this is what organized religion is founded on, arrogance and ignorance. This type of believer, the arrogant believer who's ignorant of the plan of God, 
will substitute his plan for God's plan. And what a tragic mistake that is. Because the wisdom of God provided something much greater than any human desire that you could express, even in your own imagination. If you don't believe me, listen to the Bible. Ephesians 3.20 Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Listen, God's so far ahead of you, you can't even think of the things that he would like to do for you. You say, I have a dream. I'd like to live this dream. Well, maybe God will let you do that, but I got news for you. If it's not that, it's something much better. Much, much better. I could have never imagined in my life, never could I have imagined that I would wind up in the ministry, Never could I have imagined that I would be talking to you in a radio show. Never could I have imagined that that I would have spoken to thousands and thousands of schools and students. Never imagined that. And yet God took me and used me. And he always said he used the weak to confound the strong, the dumb, the wise, and I'm dumb, that's for sure. See, God has a plan that's so much greater than anything we can think or imagine. The problem is people are arrogant enough to think or imply that they got a better deal, that they can do more for themselves than God could do. Do you believe that? Do you think you could make yourself happy more than God could make you happy? If you reject the plan of God for your life, beginning with faith alone and Christ alone, you're setting yourself up for a miserable ending. It will be miserable because you will walk away from the greatest blessing the world has ever known. I hope you can understand that. You can't afford to live like that. Life is precious. And yet by ignoring the plan of God, you are guaranteeing that you will beat your brains out against a wall that you're never going to move. You might as well just go find a wall on a building and lower your head down and and run butt the wall till your brains leak out. Sorry, but that's about what you're doing. Because you think in your mind that you got a better deal than God's got for you. You must learn the system. You must learn the process. You must be willing to come to that place in your life where you say, whatever it takes, Father, I want to grow. I want to be the person you want me to be. If you don't understand that, write to me. Let me hear from you. I'll be glad to pass you on to men that are well qualified, maybe in your own area, or to give you a resource where you can tap in, or to give you any of the information that we have that will assist you as you grow. But it has to start with your own volition, with your own decision to be the person God intended for you to be. I sure hope you've been listening. Because I sure love talking to you every Sunday morning on this radio station. And my prayers will be back next Sunday, same time, same place. Until then, this is your host, Rick Hughes, saying thank you for listening to The Flatline. Thank you for listening to The Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes. If you'd like to contact Rick, please write to him at P.O. Box 100 
Cropwell, Alabama 35054 or online at www.rickhughesministries.org.